Are you listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other platform where you can leave a rate or review? Do you like what we're doing? If the answer to all of that is yes, please consider quickly giving us a five-star rate. And if you wouldn't mind leaving us a nice review, we greatly appreciate that as well. Okay, let's do this. Hello, welcome to the Ghost of Harrenhal. My name's Simon. And I'm McKelly. Thank you for joining us for episode 27 of our chapter-by-chapter book review of A Song of Ice and Fire by George Martin. Today we're discussing chapter 26 of A Game of Thrones, which is John 4. As always, we'll chat about the chapter and try not to spoil any future plot points for you. And hopefully we'll provide you some entertainment along the way. Uh, when you say that, I often think we... we... I hope we don't spoil the past plot points, too, you know? <laughs> as in the sense of ruin them. You know, <laughs> They were good until you started talking about them. We'll summarize what's happened, we'll discuss our thoughts on it, we'll provide some useful background, compare it to the TV show, and indulge in a little pedantry. Be sure to check out the show notes, they'll provide you with some additional information about the characters and other things of note in the chapter. Yeah, I, I hope people are using the show notes, because yeah. they take a while we, to create. We started and, uh... to do them because we heard that some people were not reading the book and relying on us to sort of like give right. them the full sort of idea of what happened in the chapter. And so the notes are sort of help to help back that up. If you're, yes. if you're in that situation, the notes should help you. And a lot of people, a lot of podcasts put show notes in there. Um, they do. Patreon. And uh, we're giving them to you for free. That's how uh, much we love you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. We're just giving it away. <laughs> so how's it going? Oh, fine, fine. Is- is that where we are? Did you finish uh, saying your parts about? I'm done, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're going, go, what have you got for me? I, I feel like you've got a story brewing here. Not really. Oh. I was just going to say I saw a good movie. Do uh, tell. Dr. Sleep. Never heard of it. Yeah, it is. I guess technically it is a sequel to The Shining. Oh, I've heard it of it. It is based on the boy in The Shining as an adult. Oh. And I'll tell you. It was like two and a half hours long. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that, or I probably, Stacy and I would not have bothered to start it if either of us had no, known it was so long. I did not reach for my phone once. It kept me engaged for two and a half hours. He reaches for his phone while we're recording the podcast. <laughs> no, he, he doesn't. That's not true. No, but... Well, that's interesting. I, yeah, it was, yeah, it was good. Yeah. I, I recommend it. Well, I might give that a try. Yeah. So... Shall we yeah, get down, down to, to business. business? Quick recap of what John was up to previously. Last time we saw John, he'd heard news of Bran's recovery. Yay. He'd lost friends and gained friends and made other enemies at the yep. wall. And he'd said his goodbye to his new friend, Tyrion, with a request to help Bran in whatever way he could. His uncle Benjamin's gone missing north of the wall. Yeah. Cause for considerable concern, not just for John, but for the entire Night's Watch. So, McKelly, why don't we give them a summary of this chapter? Let's do that. So, John showing a fellow Night's Watch recruit how to deliver a sword stroke when in walks the fattest boy he'd ever seen. His words, not mine. Mm. The boy is dressed they, in... They would have to be his words, really. <laughs> you can't, <laughs> yeah, can't say. <laughs> he, might have, he might have said the uh, most pleasantly plump boy right. I've ever Right, you're exaggerating what it was. <laughs> I, see, I see what you mean, yes. He referred to him as the fattest boy he'd ever seen. So yeah, the boy is dressed in fine clothing, signifying that he's from an important family. And John's friend Pip rightly guesses that he's from the Reach, which is the southern area of Westeros. Since his own fancy armor wasn't black, he was made to re-equip with stuff from the armory. And due to his 
substantial girth. Mm -hmm. uh, Donald Noy has to take apart armor and add leather strap expanders. Mm -hmm. So Alistair, so, sorry, Alistair, so Alistair then had the boy fight a big strong recruit named Holder, who used to be a stonemason before he became a Night's Watch. Apprentice, uh, anyway. He was a stonemason, yeah. yeah. The point is, he can lift heavy things. <laughs> he can. Yeah. Less than a minute later, the boy was on the ground begging for mercy. Clearly, he did not know Sir Alistair well yet. The yeah. knight had Holder continue to beat the boy with the flat of his blade while he laid on the ground. Eventually, John could take no more and told Holder to stop. Alistair then pitted John against three recruits defending the boy. However, Gren and Pip came to John's side to even things out. Yeah. John and friends won the fight, though John injured his shoulder. And afterward, we learn that the boy is Samuel Tarley, the son of Lord Randall Tarley. And he thanks the boys for coming to his defense. And then he openly admits that he's a coward. And the other boys are taken aback by that admission. Later that night, John finds Sam sitting alone in the common hall. John and Ghost sit with him with Sam near tears. John takes him outside. The two get to know each other. John shares a recent dream he's had. And Sam explains how a coward ended up at the wall. Turns out Sam is his father's firstborn and heir. However, Lord Tarley did not care for his soft, gentle nature. And on Sam's 15th name day... His father gave him a choice. Take the black or suffer an unfortunate accident and die. So, here Sam is. And admittedly coward, voluntarily joining the Night's Watch. When they go their separate ways, John returns to his friends and cajoles them to go easy on Sam going forward. Everyone but Rast, who was one of the rapists that John journeyed north with, agreed to this. John then John and friends then use Ghost to uh, convince Rast that he yes. should join them, and uh, sure enough, he does. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Ghost has certain influences. Oh yes, if I wake up with Ghost standing on me snarling, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Nipping at my neck. Yes, yes, so, but well, I know where you're going to go first because you're, you're going to test me on my math, aren't you? To start with, how but, did you know you know me so well? I would like to say that that. I, we're going to talk about cowardice quite a lot in this, but can I just say, isn't Rast backing down because Ghost is going to tear his throat out an example of cowardice? That's true. He could have stood up to Ghost. No, I'm still going to beat on the fat kid. <laughs> I'm not afraid of... <laughs> do with me what you will. Yeah. I won't not beat on him. Yeah. So yes. go on. What do you want to ask? Well, I was just curious. Most important thing when I read this chapter was... How much is 20 stone? Well, you can do it yourself, right? I don't know. What remember, is it again? Stone is 14 pounds. 14 20 pounds. stones would be 280 pounds. pounds. Okay. So that would be pretty hefty. Yes. That's quite a lot of person right yes, there. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would like to point out to the listeners that I actually wrote 280 in the notes so that I didn't have to do the math live on air and mess it up again. And that I could pretend like I was doing it with you. <laughs> we could both go, 280 pounds. So if you remember, uh, Lord Mormont really wanted more uh, prominent lords to send their sons to join the Night's yes. Watch. Uh, maybe not what they were hoping for here. Uh, he's not going to be leading Rangings North anytime yeah. soon. Although, he could be a diamond in the rough. Yes, you know? I think um, so. He seems intelligent. He's got to be well-educated. He's from a very uh, prominent family. Um, doesn't seem like a leader of men. No. But, you know, he does check off some of the boxes. That Things Mormont... that Mormont listed as missing. Yes. yes People yes. who could read and right. write. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so he, 
there's oh. certainly a place for him that many yeah. of the other boys can't fill. Like his pants. <laughs> well or <done>. his armor. <laughs> you know, another thing I found odd was that uh, his father sent him uh, to the wall with all this fancy Tarly armor. But everyone knows that they're called the Black Brothers because they only wear black armor and have black clothing. So they're just going through all this. I mean, what was the point of all that? They could paint it black. Perhaps. I guess they could. Yeah. But, but the other thing I was thinking was, I mean, like if you say if you took it from him, you couldn't really use it for anything else because he's 150 pounds heavier <laughs> than the next largest person. You know? But they could make two suits. Yeah, possibly uh, melt it down and start again. Yeah. yeah. Now that I think about mm-hmm. it, maybe that is. And you know, another thing I thought of when I read that part is the shield makes sense only because you had mentioned. Uh, I think it was. Uh, it was it must have been the last John chapter. Um, you know you do that when, whenever you're reminiscing. <laughs> you specify the chapter as if it will mean anything to me at all. But you might dream just, about it I'm and just then you're nodding know. and playing along. But go on. So in the last John chapter. I might have been. It was one of the John chapters we were discussing about. I might have been the last Tyrion chapter. We were discussing about. Ah, um, that's the one. Yes. Now you know. We were discussing about knights and lords Sons of Lords, um, like, kept being a separate clique. Yes. And there is a separate hall called the Shield Hall where when a knight takes the black, he puts his shield on the wall. And, you know, so there's all kinds of shields all over the wall. And then when he dies, the shield comes down and is buried with him. But um, if he was a knight, his shield could have gone up on the wall but he's not so they'd probably just tear it down or probably just melt it down i guess but anyway i just wanted to bring up um it's never explicitly said that the knights dined separately but it is said that since there's so few knights that they just dine in the common hall which makes leads you to believe that they did once dine in the shield hall separately from the rest of the riffraff yeah so so alice takes an instant dislike to sam tarley as you would expect (laughs) Because he's, because he's a new person to take an instant dislike yes. to. <laughs> I wonder if he's ever gotten to recruit and been like, I like the cut of his jib right there. You're my kind of guy. The first thing out of his mouth is, it would seem they've run short of poachers and thieves down south. Now they send us pigs to mend the wall. Yes, and he dubs him Sir Piggy and Lord of Ham. Charming. Yes, yeah. Yeah, Morbont's got to be a little bit careful here because, like we were saying, he does bring some useful qualities. Right. If... Uh, Thorn doesn't get the boy killed first. Yes, yes. Or make his life so miserable that he climbs to the top. I don't know that he could climb. Takes the elevator to the top yes. of the wall and throws himself off of it. Takes the flying black. Yes. yes. Now, I've never been in the military. You surprised and... me. <laughs> but it, it just, you know, I've seen movies where drill sergeants are really tough on their uh, new recruits and stuff, but. Man, it seems like Sir Alistair just really pushes it to the... Yeah. The thing is, this chapter, you, you'll, when we talk later on about the TV show, you'll see that I've sort of slightly changed my tune on Sir Alistair. But there does seem to be a big hole in his teaching of the kids, in that he's not actually teaching them anything. <laughs> he's just pitting them against each other yeah. and then giving them no clues as to what they should be doing differently or better. John is doing all of that. That's true. And yeah. that's where he's yeah, yeah. really letting himself down as a drill sergeant. 
I think though they do need the summer beating out of them. Yeah, right, sure. I, I say that from my comfortable home <laughs> here in the suburbs. <laughs> but I can take I see the point of why as a drill sergeant you would want to do that to be so guys. hard on yeah. these kids. Yeah, it, I guess so. Yeah, it's just like, man, he's rough on them. Yeah, the yeah. Name calling and the, you know, we'll get into some of the things he does to uh poor Sam here, but it's just whew, Yeah. Not smooth. So the fight with between Halder and Sam is over instantly. Basically, he's Halder's big and strong. Was a stonemason's apprentice. John says that when they've clashed swords, it's as hard as anything he's ever felt. Yep, yep. So um, and, and seconds into the fight, Sam's on the ground bleeding and begging. So I'm guessing that's how he was expecting that to go. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I gotta say though, I mean, we know from what Sam said that. He had a lot of training, a lot of martial training. Yeah. And he didn't take to it. I get it. But, I mean, it feels like with that much martial training, you should be able to hold a sword. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You should uh-huh, be yeah. able to hold a sword, even if you're afraid of it. thing is, he's so afraid that he gets punched in the face and things, things that I'm very afraid of. <laughs> I'm afraid of getting hurt, but I would defend myself to avoid getting hurt. Yeah. Sam doesn't even seem capable of that. Right. And he's had some training to that end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get what you're saying. And he's also, he's a large kid, 15, 280 pounds. He should possibly at least be able to put that put that sword up and you know right. <laughs> maybe not wield Hold it. Hold going to win. Yeah, but <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he must be scared and terrified and actually honestly if your if your face is bleeding and your face down on the ground you'd hope that that would be the end of it right yeah but thorn sees and smells blood and he's not gonna just be like okay enough that's not the way he rolls so after being held back a couple of times by pip john jumps in to save sam it's hard to imagine what would have happened to sam if he hadn't because holder's slapping him with the flat of his blade and that can't feel too great yeah he hit i think I don't remember exactly, but I think he hit the second time he hit him. He hit him so hard that his the leather split. split. Yeah, so he wasn't so, holding God. back on these blows. I just feel so. Uh, feel, I just feel really bad for yeah. Sam in that situation. So, so Alistair pits Holder and two other boys against John for defending Sam, but Gran and Pip jump in. Yeah, to they help. do. And uh, old enemies put yep. themselves on the line for him. So yep. that's uh, huge progress. And not only friends, not only is he making friends, but friends willing to take a possible beating for him. Yep. yep. Because they're also now crossing yep. Thorn. So John fights Holder because yep. he's the most fearsome of the three and wins but gets a nasty blow in the process and then comes back to help Pip, who's only just holding his own. I think Gren wins comfortably with his... Well, once, Pip, once Pip's foe is defeated and John's foe is defeated... The third guy, maybe is Rast? I can't remember. No, no, I can't remember. He just says, I yeah, give up. Yeah. Three against one. I'm not John. So we learned that Pip was right. Sam is a lordling from the Reach. It's interesting. Pip says he can identify people based on the way they talk. We can identify where they're from and their standing. Which well, the you, standing you can you get. He wasn't exactly masking it. He came in wearing a a sigil of a yeah. of, was it a striding huntsman? I think yes. <laughs> Pip may know his sigils. Yeah. Never mind the accents. <laughs> but you got to imagine actually that the accents would be pretty different. I mean, 
I've made this point, I don't think on the pod, but I've made this point to you before, that in the United States, the accents are far more homogeneous across the country than they are in England. Yeah. So from east to west, you have regional variations, but they are very relatively subtle between right. regions. In England, we have much stronger variations and over much shorter distances. I mean, like over tens of miles, you can hear very distinct. Yeah, you have told me about this before. And yeah. so the size of Westeros, you'd think that these um, differences would be the size of Westeros and the lack of travel. Right. You know, travel wouldn't be easy. These different enclaves are going to ha- develop a distinct regional accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which that is, makes a lot of sense. When I was watching um, the show for the previous episode for uh, the last which was about uh, Ed, Ed yeah. I was listening to Arya's accent and I was thinking how different Arya's accent is from her siblings oh yeah and <laughs> <laughs> you'd have to be you'd have to be aware of English accents to notice it but I was thinking uh-huh. that's that's strange she actually her accent is similar to Sam's okay oh, yeah and from they couldn't be from much further uh, right the, he, Arya's from the north yeah. and He's from the South, so. Yeah. But this is where Sam admits to the boys that he's a coward. And he says his father has always said so. I don't know if that's self-fulfilling prophecy or, or what, but the boys are so stunned that Gren wishes that they hadn't even helped him because he's afraid um, of being considered a coward by association. We'll be right back. Hello, friends. Are you ready to make some unforgettable memories? Well, if so, consider the Marriott Bonvoy program. Discover the perfect destination for your summer getaway and unlock exclusive deals on luxurious accommodations. With our affiliate partnership, you'll enjoy unbeatable savings and a seamless booking experience. Don't let summer slip away. Visit Marriott Bonvoy today and make this vacation season one for the books. Use our Ghosts of Heron Hall affiliate page to check it all out and buy Bonvoy points or give some as a gift. The link to our page is in the show notes. You know what? That's a slightly strange attitude to take because, I mean, if you're in the Night's Watch, you're defending the realm from right. scary things. Yes, from the threats. From the threats on the wall. <laughs> the rest of the realm is cowering, hoping you win. You know, <laughs> you are literally defending scared people from threats. That's your job here. Now, admittedly, you wouldn't think one of them would be one of the Night's Watch, but, you know. That's a good point. I don't think you're, you're cowardly in defending cowards. That right, seem... yeah. In fact, you could make the opposite argument. Quite, quite. They've stepped in, in a, to help uh, someone in distress. Yeah. So you, you mentioned this to me before, that, that, that this is what you think of as another example of a character being shaped by their, the opinion of others. Right. That yeah. other people's opinion have led them to believe a certain thing about themselves. Arya and yep. Daenerys. Arya from, especially from uh, Sansa. From Sansa, um, yeah. And Danny, uh, mostly from Viserys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And here we and have... Sam from his father, basically. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I don't think his father is way off base in thinking him <laughs> cowardly. He's pretty cowardly, but then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right, it's yeah, prophecy. yeah. You're told you're a coward, you... So John has an interesting thought about Sam's admission because Tyrion has always told him to own what you are, you know, to, yeah, to yeah, wear right. it as a badge of honor. So to a certain extent, he thinks that there's a strange bravery to Sam admitting it. Exactly. Yeah. Now this is all. Um, what's his name? John is having this thought while he's doing 
they go into a little bit information about like the daily routine of the especially the recruits of the Night's Watch, how they do different jobs. And right now, while he's having this thought, John's up at the top of the wall putting down freshly crushed rock to mm-hmm. keep it from getting slippery up there, or slippy, as we'd say back home. Oh, really? Yeah. There is a regional difference. Yeah. It's funny, I, you know, I moved down here, and um, I said some, something being slippy, and uh, a friend of mine was like, ha, you said slippy. I had no idea why that was funny. <laughs> it took me. You didn't think that was an incorrect uh, word? Yeah, or, it's, it's like, yeah. Yeah, watch out, that's slippy. And she was like, oh, you said slippy. I was like, yeah. yeah I think you're right. So John finds Sam eating alone. So he sits with him instead of with his friends. Yeah. Um, so Sam's lonely and feels yeah. terrible about things. And yeah, You just got to, yeah, just put your, putting yourself in his shoes. I mean, what an awful mindset he must be in. He's lonely. He can't fight or defend himself even. He's physically and mentally different than all the other guys he's come across. It's just got to be a rather hopeless feeling, and it's only day one. Yeah. He's already been beat up and bleeding yeah. on his first day. He just got a syllabus. <laughs> <laughs> so Sam is not as scared of ghosts as some people have yeah, been, but yeah. then again, I suppose he wasn't standing on his face. <laughs> John asked him if he's seen the wall. <laughs> this line made me laugh. <laughs> he said... I'm fat, not blind, and 700 feet high. <laughs> he meant the top of it, I think, <laughs> what he's getting at. They go on top of the wall, right, for this discussion? For this. No, no, they just go out. He, says, go, oh, he right, sees yeah. that um, Sam's about to start crying again, and he says, let's go outside. Let's go for a walk and talk. So he asks him why he wants to join the Night's Watch, and yeah. he relays the story that we his, m- mentioned in the in the summary. That... Yeah, his actual question is, why would a coward want to join the White Night's Watch? <laughs> mm. And that's when Sam loses it and he breaks down. And uh, I think the term is huge choking sobs. He just falls onto the ground. And so, yeah, we learn that he was heir to all the Tarly lands, which is um, a lot. They're a very prominent family. And, and they also have a cool Valerian steel sword that he would have been uh, yeah. heir to. Yeah. But Sam more loved books and kittens and dancing, and he couldn't stand the sight of blood. And- Cakes. Yes, he did mention <laughs> cakes. <laughs> but the cruelty of what his father tells him on his 15th name day is actually even worse than in what we gave in the summary because he, he says yeah. that the only reason that he's giving him the choice and the only reason that if he doesn't choose to go to the Night's Watch, he will say he was killed in a hunting accident is to spare his mother's feelings because yes. his mother still loves him. The father said... I'd be perfectly happy just to kill you right yeah. now, essentially. His, you know? his line was, nothing would please me more than to hunt you down like the pig you are. Right. And yeah. then, after he says that, he reaches in and pulls out a deer's heart that he's in the process of, of skinning and shows it to him. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, and, and yes, as Sam had mentioned several times, he doesn't like the sound of blood, so that can't have helped. <laughs> that makes Cat's uh, treatment of John almost like warm and loving. Right, you know? and she isn't his mother. <laughs> but it, it got me wondering, why not the Citadel to be a maester? That is such a better fit, do, 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 and it do, accomplishes the same thing. Do you have to renounce your titles? Yeah, you, 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 do? Do, you don't have a last name anymore. You lose your last uh, name. You, you basically give up all the same stuff. You can't marry. You can't you're not supposed you can't follow children legitimately and 
It's just such a better fit. And it's in the South. He's right by there. You know? I'm going to uh, let me leap in. I think I have the reason why Randall Talley does not want that. He, he wants, wants him on the other side of Westeros. Possible, yeah. Now, but once he finishes forging his chain, which is how Maester progresses, he'll be moved, He'll be shipped off to some, somewhere else. Yeah, 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 some yeah. stronghold. Interesting. So uh, Sam's story uh, says that you know he was doing okay until his younger brother Dickon came along. Dickon was more the heir yes. that Randall was looking for, and so that's when he well, started to lose. Well, um, that's when he... So when Dickon was born, um, that's when his father just started to ignore him. He stopped he trying up, to right, make yeah, him yeah. hunter or a knight, and he did get a little bit of respite because... Um, yes, it actually made life better, was, yeah. yeah. Which, which actually goes to why I think Sam is still fond of Dickon. Yeah. Yeah, but so the the reason he wants him to take the black, which I just alluded to a, a minute or two ago, is because it removes Sam as an heir because they have to give up all claims to land right. and they can't father children. So him taking the black moves Dickon into the heir position. But they, you raised a really good point. I mean, you're absolutely right that the Citadel would be a much better fit here. It's almost cruel. Yeah. It, it, it's as cruel... Everything else he did was incredibly cruel. This yeah. takes it to a whole nother level yeah, where there yeah, was a yeah, much yeah. better fit. Because because everything you want comes to pass still. Yes. And you're not making this kid suffer for the rest of his life. Absolutely. Yeah. You're actually giving him something that we'll probably be good at. So John tells of a dream, and the dream was that he was running through Winterfell. It was empty, and the ravens were gone, and the people yeah. were gone, and the stables were empty. In fact, there were bones in the stables. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe you got more out of it, but I didn't get a lot from it other than maybe it's him losing his um, ties to the Stark family. Yeah. His darkness, I I, guess. Yeah, I think think that's it. But he ends up at the door to the crypt, doesn't want to go down, but he has to, and that's when he wakes up. And he's had this dream a couple of times, he said. So, yeah, I'm with you. I I don't think there's a lot to be gleaned from that. Uh, Maybe sort of like a general concern for the well-being of the Starks that... mm. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. You know, like, Danny's dreams were not very well veiled. You know, like, you kind of could get an idea of what was going on in those. And Bran had that dream, and there was so much going on in that, but a lot of it made sense. Mm -hmm. You know, this one I'm not quite as clear if there's anything beyond just him losing his ties with Winterfell and the Starks. Yeah. So John goes back to the rest of them and convinces them to take it easy on Sam in training. Um they were at that moment making fun of Sam. Right, yes. Um, so he definitely appears to be the natural leader. Yeah, he tells them to stop Yeah, and making fun of him, and they do. Gren and Pip fall into line, of course, but yes. but good news for him, Holder falls into line. Yeah, which he said was a pleasant, or yeah. thought was a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Uh, the only person who says no is Rast. And um, Rast says, no, I'm going to slice me off a rasher of bacon. <laughs> That's right. You know. um, so that night, they visit Rast in bed and Ghost nips at his throat. And yeah, just draws a little bit of blood. Uh-huh. And so uh, from that point forward, no one hurts Sam in training. Right. And you know, backing up a little bit made me uh, think of, uh, we were talking about Sam and his brother. The other day, I was uh, in the playroom and Molly was playing on Apex Legends or some game like that on the PS4. And she was talking to some kid over her speaker whatever, you know, her headset and stuff, but I could hear him, so he must have been coming through the TV. Anyway, I was telling her stuff, I was kind of messing around, and now I leave, and the boy goes, man, your brother's as annoying as mine. (laughs) Meaning you. Yes. (laughs) 
nice. <laughs> I was like, nice. hey, I heard that. <laughs> but did, did I tell you that uh, the other night, my, my son occasionally talks in his sleep, and our bedrooms are sufficiently close, we hear him. Usually it's just as he's rolling over. You yeah. hear the bed creak, and he goes, oh, blah, 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 you know, right. that's it. But he had a dream in which he was playing on his xbox i mean because he was talking the way he talks when he's playing on the xbox and it was the cadence was like he would talk and then he would listen and then he would talk and he was like why'd you got to do that man you should have gone down there i'll go this way you know it was really funny oh man yeah i hope they won the game Uh it's his dream you know he can yeah yeah make it however he wants Anyway, where were we? So a few weeks later, Sam's hanging out with the guys oh, yes. and uh, right. beginning to sort of joke and tease with them. Yeah, becoming one of the guys. Yeah. Yeah. And then he uh, he visits John one night and he says, you know, he says, I don't know what you did, but I know you did it. Referring to helping John, uh, helping Sam's life get better yeah. by ma- the boys going easier on him. And he said, I never had a friend before. And John says, we're not friends. We're brothers. I've got something in my eye here. <laughs> I'm not crying. You're crying. Uh, so John thinks about his actual brothers, Rob, Brown, and Rickon. He loves them. But he knew he'd never truly been one of them. But he is truly one of the Night's right, Watch. Yeah, so. yeah. Yep. And uh, his new brothers were, you know, Sam and Gren and Pip and all the other cast outs who wore black. And we know there's nothing John loves more than a good uh, outcast. So he's in the right place, I guess. Yep. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Audible. To get a free audiobook or two if you're an Amazon Prime member, go to our exclusive URL, audibletrial.com slash ghostsherrenhall. You can find the link in our show notes. And and this is what Benjamin said. Benjamin told him this that these were truly yep. his brothers now, and and he's beginning to see it. And then that reminds him that Benjamin's yeah. missing still, and he's wondering if he'll ever get to see him again to yeah. tell him that yeah. that you were right all along. Yep. Two ranging parties have been sent looking for him: Jeremy Riker, who we've met before at Castle Black, and Corin Halfhand from the Shadow Tower. Yeah, and no luck. They they do mention that they I think specifically mentioned corn i can't i can't remember one of the two guys are following blazes on the trees that benjamin had left and then they abruptly stopped in the the northwest stony highlands Mm. so maybe maybe they ran out of trees (laughs) if it was stony (laughs) highlands (laughs) maybe that's a mystery we can't solve it it stops with the last tree (laughs) what could have happened to him so background tell me tell me about house golden grove and why you want to talk about them House Golden Grove. So one thing we didn't mention was that John tells Sam about how Pip ended up at the Night's Watch. And it was because he was caught by the uh, Lord Matthias Rowan uh, in the bed of Lord Matthias Rowan's daughter. Uh-oh. And under the eye of his of her father, she says it was rape. Ah, of course. And to the wall he is sent. Uh-huh. So... Who are these Rowans? Oh, it's House Rowan of Golden Grove. Yes. I'm sorry. So House Rowan of Golden Grove is one of the most prominent in uh, one of the older families of the Reach. And its lands extend all along the northern region uh, borders. Their sigil is a golden tree on silver. Mm. Oddly, their words are never mentioned. So I I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't have that for you. But um, like I said, House Rowan is old. They can trace their descendants 
from the legendary Garth Greehand, which is the mythical high king of the First Men from the Dawn Whoa, Age. Oh, cool. Yeah, we'll talk about him some other day. Um, that's through his daughter, Rowan Goldtree, ah. which all that kind of fits together there. Yeah, yeah, it does. I wonder if um, Sam knows them, given that oh, they're yeah. both noble, wealthy, noble families of right. the week. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure their families have had some interaction. House Rowan was involved in the field of fire battle against Aegon and his dragons, which did not work out very well for the side that they were on. Yes. When, you, when you're in a battle called the Field of Fire and the dragon's involved, you want to be on the dragon's side, I feel. If you're not on dragon on the back of the dragon, you could be in some serious trouble. But field of surprising downpour. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be okay to not be on the dragon's side there. But bringing it all full circle, uh, Lord Thaddeus Rowan declared Golden Grove for the blacks during the Dance of the Dragons during the Targaryen Civil War, which we mentioned a few episodes ago fighting um, in the battle on the Honeywine. And he later became regent. He became a regent in Hand of the King during Aegon III's well, So they are regency. quite prominent, the Rowans. Yeah. Yeah. Back, bef- you know, uh, before a king comes of age, they have a regent that rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Thaddeus Rowan was such. So it's all families from the Reach all the time here this time, because I'm going to yeah. talk about House Tartley. They're from Horn Hill in the Reach, which is due south of High Garden. So the opposite side of the Reach, and the Reach is pretty big, so true. maybe they don't know yeah, the Romans that true. well. So fealty to House Tyrell, uh, one of the strongest houses sworn to the Tyrells. Their sigil is a striding huntsman on a green background. They own a prized Valyrian steel greatsword called Heartsbane. Ironically, their words, are, this is slightly ap- apocryphal because it's not in any canon source, but their words are supposed to be first in battle, <laughs> which is rather unfortunate for Sam. Yeah, that might, yeah. That might not have helped his cause when yeah. uh, his father didn't want him to had be the he, heir. Had his father passed away before Sam got sent right, to yeah, the yeah. Night's Watch, he might have thought about rebranding. <laughs> <laughs> first in the dinner line. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, kid. He seems like a good kid. They are one of the marcher lords of the Dornish marches, an area where the Reach, Stormlands, and Dawn come together. Interestingly, Samwild Harley participated in the tourney at Ashford Meadow, where Maker Targaryen killed his brother Baelor, and Egg met Sir Duncan. Right, just last episode, I think we were talking about that. See, it all comes together. And then uh, just a little quick thing about Corn Halfhand. I'm not going to say too much because um, we will meet him at some point. He is second in command at the Shadow Tower, and uh, that is the uh, westernmost occupied fort along the wall, second to Sir Dennis Malister. He lost, and by he, I mean Corn Halfhand, lost three fingers to a... I think it'll become very apparent who you're talking about. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> who was it? Who lost three fingers to a wildling axe? Was it Sir Dennis Malisa? Was it Corin Halfhand? <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm not going to tell you guys. You're going to have to figure it out on your own. <laughs> oh, man. Good stuff. So, yeah, as a result of that, he had to learn to fight other-handed. Yes, he did learn to fight left-handed, yeah. and he was very successful at and, that. Yeah, still good. Yes. All right, so comparisons with the TV show. So Halder is not, doesn't exist in the TV show. It's all, oh, okay. it's all Rast. Rast does the initial beating on Sam. And then Gren and Pip are pitted against John. So John has to fight Gren, Pip, and Rast. Really? Yes. Huh. Uh-huh. Well, that's quite the difference. Yeah, they don't try that hard. But okay. John 
hits them both. <laughs> so, in some story, he's it's his 18th name day, not his 15th, okay. in keeping with a lot of the book, a lot of the TV show where we age them up a yeah, little bit to sure. be more like what we would think of as adults. Right. Um, when the recruits refuse to hurt Sam, Sir Alison makes a very angry but perhaps valid point. When you're out there north of the wall with the sun going down, who do you want at your back? A man or a sniveling boy? Right. Yeah, that's a, so that's, a solid point. That is a solid point. Because, I mean, certainly in the show, they don't hit him anymore. They simply don't hit him. Okay. And in fact, Gren tells in a, in a battle with Sam, he says, hit me. And Sam swings the sword and Gren goes down as if uh, struck by a okay. fearsome blow. So Sam is learning nothing. <laughs> right. Absolutely nothing. Although I still I, I still stand by he's not there to be a warrior. Right. Maybe, you know, it seems more likely like a apprentice to Maester, like an assistant to Maester Eamond or maybe even in the... Couldn't agree more. And, and actually, if I was Sir Alistair, I would just go to Mormont and say... No point teaching this guy <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> anything. He's take a distraction. Him, take him to the kitchen. No, not the kitchens. Cheap <laughs> <laughs> uh, gag. Uh, so book Sam is more sniveling and pathetic than show Sam. Uh, show Sam wow. you know, just gets beaten up. Yeah. Show Sam just can't adequately wield the sword. Book Sam appears afraid of everything. Yes, right. That's what that's what John says to him. Are you afraid of everything? When he says, I can't go up on that wall. I'll die up there. I have a lot of empathy with Sam. <laughs> I, I, I personally would not want to be on the 700-foot wall on the wall yeah. uh, so of ice yeah, on the left. Pedantry Corner, I, there's not a lot, but it seems that admitting cowardice should be a little bit more innocuous of an admission than they seem. I mean, I realize it's a different era. But, I mean, just on the podcast, I've admitted my cowardice at least three times, you know. And here's a fourth. You know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I'm okay with it. I mean, obviously. You're not yeah. in a military-type situation, which That's, I guess, yeah. you know, they're, he's but, training but, but to But be... Gwen and Pip weren't until a few weeks ago. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. They were just ordinary kids. Was, right. Was cowardice that much of a crime? I mean, I would think if you were living a urchin life... Being smart and cowardly might actually be a oh, yeah. favorable crop yeah, of yeah. things, you know. In fact, might be the kind of uh, traits that are passed on from father to son. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> bravery and uh, <laughs> being loud would die out quite quickly. <laughs> it almost goes back to what Peter said to Ned when uh, he was talking about Brandon, and he said he might have been uh, the big strong one, but he's been dead for fourteen years, and I'm still here, so. People call me Littlefinger, but I don't care. <laughs> they don't call me dead. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, we're going to stick with, keep going with these episodes. Yeah, double it's, episodes. It's getting later and later every time, but we're going <laughs> to do it. We, overnight sessions. Here. If we keep going much longer, much later, we'll just be doing them live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, this will come to an end. We're, we've said this from the get-go, but it's definitely it's, yeah. it's, def- it's definitely taking a toll. It is, it is. The one thing, I just don't want to compromise our quality of our episodes. Well, you know, I, I, think, mean. I think we've set the bar appropriately. <laughs> <laughs> we should be fine. And to our last final listener that we have... <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, so in conclusion, yeah. a, a new friend for John, and that's nice because yeah. basically the only one he had went south. Right, yeah, yeah. Although, uh, look at him. He's like running the show up there yes, now. Yeah. He's got... Yeah. And, and literally helping the other boys. I mean, yeah, yeah, they yeah. are all getting better at swordplay because of him. And I think that goes to helping his their opinion of him. You know, he's helping them, so they're seeing him almost more as like a trainer type than just another recruit. Absolutely, you know? yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Would, yeah. In their eyes, he's been elevated for yeah. some probably. The other advantage here for, for John, not just having a new friend, but also having a friend who is as despised as he is by Sir Arthur Thorne. That's true. <laughs> he has split the uh, exactly. tension. There's only so much spite one can have in you. you know? <laughs> Although we'll find out. Sir yeah, Alistair yeah. seems like he has a lot. Yeah. Well, one thing I didn't mention in the summary or in our general discussion is that Sam is not exactly impressed with Castle Black. He says, I just didn't think it would be like this, all the buildings falling down. And then he goes, and it's so, so... And John goes, Cold. <laughs> Get so cold. Most sentences of new recruits end with the word cold. <laughs> right. Yeah, he uh, he says he's never even seen snow until the last month on their journey north. Yeah. So. Oh, and by the way, I didn't mention it, I don't think, as we talked about his armor, but I think I mentioned it to you before we started talking, before we started recording. I think that he might needed to have been armored for the journey north. Oh, yeah, yeah. He had a yeah. long way to go, and he's... That's fat true. and not very handy with the sword, so... <laughs> Armor wouldn't hurt. Yes. That's true. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. I mean, unless he went by boat or something, you know, then, then you really would want to get that off him in case he fell overboard. <laughs> <laughs> Sink like a stone. Yeah, we don't know if he could swim or not, but based <laughs> on the athleticism he's shown thus far, I've but, got a hunch. Uh, yeah, so TV show Sir Alistair is slightly astute here, yeah. and I'm, I'm not sure... If it's a different character than the book character, but I actually, I actually believe in what the TV show version of Sir Alistair is saying, and I think that it, what happens when he says it in the show, John actually looks sort of like, oh yeah, uh, yeah, you've got a point, yeah. Uh huh. You're talking about when he, when says, he says, "When you go north of the wall, wall, who do you want to have your back?" Exactly. Uh, so, so John turns around and starts he starts speaking. whacking. <laughs> <laughs> but I think John probably then goes through the process that we've gone through of like. They're not going to send this one north of the wall. <laughs> right. He's hopeless. But Asrazer is brutal and does delight in it. But he's right. These soft southern children of summer, they need to be toughened yeah, up if yeah. they're going to survive. Yep, for sure. In the very next scene in the show, Alistair talks to the two of them, John and Sam, and tells them of his experience north of the wall last winter, oh. which involves eating horses and cannibalism Okay, to yeah. survive. Huh. And he's sort of like sort of gives sort of Sam a little punch on the shoulder and says, you might be okay north of the wall in the winter. Oh, man. Poor kid. uh, If that's a spoiler, it's news to me. I'm not aware of that conversation. But you've actually seen that TV show. I have. Just so you know. (laughs) My memory of the TV show is about as good as your memory of that scene that uh, you... Uh, dreamt of <laughs> <laughs> stop so Sam's backstory is genuinely heartbreaking oh it sure is yeah and, and just unpleasant and uh, we ever see Randall Tarly again oh, I'll give him a piece of my mind what I'm making a fist you can't see it right he's now he's shaking it he's I'm shaking, shaking it. my fist yeah yeah and you know like we've been saying he's not going to be a great warrior Sam there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that he is uh, not cut out for being a warrior but I think we led into our general discussion with this idea that 
he has a lot of the things that Sir Jor or Sir Gior Mormont mentioned to Tyrion that they need that they lack so yeah. desperately out there. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. he seems like a pretty intelligent guy. Yeah, yeah. And you know, if all else fails, he can go north of the Wall on the rangings and in the winter. And he may maybe a second rate swordsman, but he's a first rate third course. <laughs> Oh, man. Maybe we... I'm not sure if it's better or worse if we record this late in the evening. <laughs> Punch drunk. <laughs> normally, we record in the mornings, and it's about 12 hours later than yeah, we normally yeah. record. <laughs> anyway, you got anything else? No, that's all I got. That's all I got. So, as always, you can reach us at ghost.heronhall at gmail.com. Please consider going out and following us on Twitter, at ghostheronhall, on Facebook... Instagram, and we're still, our episodes are up on YouTube as well. So, lots of ways to interact. If you do um, like what we're doing, please leave us a review wherever you listen. That would really help us get the word out. It boosts up the sort of search engine lists when yeah. people give us reviews. So, um, we're all in this together. Yes, very much. And even on iTunes, even if you just rate us, you know, all you have to do is click the stars. Five would be my... Um... <laughs> click the right-hand-most yeah, star. Yeah, exactly. Whatever that is, just click it. Anyway. All right. Thanks, thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye.